Hey, how you doing, Ignite City? Hey, I wanted to take us and uh, take us through the rest of Luke chapter 15. Uh, yesterday, we looked at the younger son and the beauty of God's grace uh, as we repent, the joy that God experiences when we re when we repent. Um, but here we want to focus in on the older son. Now, here's here's the truth about I think this passage. Not I think I'm convinced. For the longest time. I preach this passage, and I feel like a lot of pastors do, uh, focusing in on the younger son, and we actually kind of forget to talk about the older one. We focus so much on what the what the younger son did and the rebellion that he experienced and how he went away and squandered everything, but we got to remember, we have to remember the, the context of what it is that Jesus is saying and why he's actually bringing these stories up. If you go back to chapter 15, start at verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear, to hear him. Friends, there's, that's a beautiful thing. Then you see the grumblers. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And then verse 3, the first word is, So he told them this parable. It was in response to how the religious leaders of the Pharisees were reacting and and what they were thinking and feeling and what they were saying, that Jesus told these three stories. So he started with the parable of the lost sheep, goes to the parable of the lost coin, then he starts to talk about the parable of the prodigal son. But the focus, I'm convinced, is supposed to be on the older son more than on the younger. Not, not that we're not supposed to notice the younger one at all and what it is that he did. Of course we are. But the focus is on the older son. Now watch this in verse 25. Now, his older son, while all this is happening, the party started. Now, his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Dear brother, I'm sorry, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. Guys, imagine the horror. Imagine the horror that this younger or this older son is experiencing. Wait, wait. The one who took part of dad's inheritance, which would have been, which impacts my inheritance, he goes off and he squanders it and then he comes back when he's in need and dad just accepts him. Look at verse 28. But he was angry and refused to go in. He refused to go in. So here you have this prot or the younger son. He actually comes to the father and the father meets him. And he doesn't feel worthy to be a servant or son. He's not even feeling worthy to be a servant, probably, but definitely not worthy to be his son. But he goes to his father. But the older, the older son, he was angry and refused to go in. So what was the father's response? So his father came out and, and entreated him, admonishes him, like goes out and invites him, calls him near to try to comfort him, to, uh, to encourage him. But in verse 29, but he answered his father, look, these many years I've served you and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours come, I'm sorry, but when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. Guys, did you notice in verse 30? When the older son refers to his brother, he doesn't say, but when my brother comes home, he actually says, but when this son of yours came, he's like, I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm not even recognizing him as my brother. This is your son. This is not my brother. He says, and this is what he did. 
I mean, the father wouldn't even let, listen to all of the apology of the younger son, but somehow the older son knows what it is that he's been doing. And then you get to verse 31, and he said to him, son, and I love that. I circled that in my Bible, and in the margin, I wrote identity. Why? Because here's this older son who's like, hey, all these years, I have served you, and I've never disobeyed your command. I've been your servant. I have never wandered off. I've been your servant, servant, servant. And here comes the father saying, son. Friends, we need to remember our identity. We need to remember our, our identity when we're tempted, when we feel like we're spiritually attacked, when, we, when we've messed up. We need to remember our, our, I'm sorry, our identity. Our identity is son or daughter of God. We are a child of God. Friends, I love my boys, and they will be my boys no matter what happens. And if I am evil to the core, and the only thing that there is good in me is because of Jesus, then I cannot compare myself to a loving father who is God and ultimately truly the only good thing. God is only good. He, the father in the, in the story reminds him of his identity, and he said to him, Son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. And then he continues, it was fitting to celebrate and be glad. So there's that word celebrate, celebrate again and be glad. And here's the reason, but listen to what the father says. For this, your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Notice when the older son, look at, look at it again. When the older son refers to his brother, talking to his father, he says, but when this son of yours... But when the father speaks to the older son, he calls him son first. And then when he refers to the younger son, he says, it is fitting to celebrate and be glad for this, your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found for this, your brother. Friends, that's huge. He didn't say, you're right. My, the younger son, my son came home. He says, no, I'm, I heard what you said. I heard when you called him this, my son or this son of yours. No, I got to remind you. Yeah, you are my son, but also realize that that is your brother. Friends, it's, it's, uh, it's like, well, I wouldn't say likely. It's common um, among many people who say they're followers of Jesus that when a follower of Christ falls and wanders off but comes home and repents, many feel a sense of uh, betrayal and, and judgment. And maybe, even if you're listening to this, and maybe your sense of betrayal is justified because you were the one that was betrayed. And, and then we can stand in judgment over them and we can hold on to unforgiveness. I'm not going in to celebrate. I'm not going to be part of the party. But the Father comes out to us, invites us, entreats us, encourages us, draws us near, and then reminds us, you are my son. You're not just my servant. But that person over there, that's your brother or that's your sister. Friends, we're supposed to be a family. And I think the Pharisees, they missed it. You go back to chapter 15, verse 1 and 2. The tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to, to hear him. And the Pharisees, they grumbled. Why? Because Jesus, he received sinners and, and ate with them. Guys, in that day, to eat with someone was to declare openly that you were receiving them as your friend. Today, we can eat meals with anybody, whether we like them or not, especially if they're paying but, for, but in that day, when Jesus is eating with them, he says, I'm receiving you. Like, you are my friends. I receive you. This is relational. This is relationship. 
The Pharisees couldn't get it. They just grumbled because how could Jesus hang with those people? Does he know what they've done? Does he know what they're doing? And all these stories are pointing them back to, hey, you got to understand this, that the Father in heaven rejoices every single, every single time a sinner repents. Every time a sinner repents and comes to the Father through Jesus and his sacrifice, every time a sinner returns back to the Father, the Father celebrates. He celebrates, is full of joy. Guys, it is God's desire that we would repent. Guys, for some of you, maybe you need to do that. Maybe you've wandered into sin and you've been living a double life or you've been living a, a life of hypocrisy. And maybe the Holy Spirit is convicting you in this moment and the Father is drawing you back to himself. And my prayer is that you'll come to your senses if you're one who's wandered off and done your own thing. But maybe you're the, the, maybe you're the legalist or maybe you're the one that's just, you never left and you're the servant of God, but you find yourself bitter. And yet maybe you're refusing to go to the Father and join in on the celebration. And maybe you're expecting the Father to come to you. Friends, either camp, whether you're like the younger son or you're like the older son, there's the call to repentance. The call to repentance to come to the Father that you might be received as a son or as a daughter, that you might be restored into intimacy with, with, uh, with, with your Father, with God, but also, friends, that our identity, we receive our identity. Like, I know that I am a son of, I'm a son of God. I'm not the son of God. I'm a son. I'm a child of God. And then I look to those who are on my sides around me, other, other followers of Jesus, and I say, hey, this is, this is my family. These are my brothers and sisters, and man, they're going the wrong way. I'm not going to sit in judgment over them. I want to see them come back. Maybe there's times where I, I go after them, and before they make any worse decisions, they come back. But other times when we've tried to do that, maybe they just keep going. And maybe God is actually calling us at times, let them go. Let them go. Because God our Father who is loving and in his kindness, according to Romans chapter 2, that it's God's kindness that leads to repentance. And that kindness, when you connect it to chapter 1 of Romans, it's where God's wrath is being displayed. And how is it being displayed? That God is handing them over to their desires, handing them over to their sin. Three different times it says that God handed them over God or God gave them up, however your translation is. Friends, we need to remember God is always at work and his heart is that sinners would repent and return to him. And when they do, when we do, we have a father who celebrates and throws a party. What a beautiful God we get to worship and serve and walk with. Friends, I hope this is an encouragement as well as a, a challenge for you. Guys, have a great rest of your day and we'll talk soon.